If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
you can actually listen there. There's actually a, a section on WAWNation.com where you can listen to previous archived episodes of Pancakes and Power Slams, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, kudos to WAWNation.com for having a complete section of archived Pancakes and Power Slam show. Awesome interview last week. Uh, kudos to Diamond Dallas Page for extending his time for us. It's about an hour to 15 minutes, so, uh, you know, definitely a, a lengthy interview. We talked about a lot, and so it was absolutely fun. Speaking of interviews, a quick reminder, don't forget, next week we have the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, former ROH television champion, former TNA X division champion, and also carry tag team championships in both TNA and ROH, so... Former WCW guy, had a stint in WWE, so I'm really excited to really get some juicy stuff as far as uh, Christopher Daniels, uh, just his experience working in WWE, WCW, TNA, and ROH. So there's not a lot of people who can say that they've done that. Uh, he's been in the business since 1993, so 22 years of experience that Christopher Daniels will share on the Pancakes and Power Slam show next week and here's the thing uh for all those listening live and all those uh who will listen in some venue and those who subscribe to itunes we are having a year-end edition december 29th is the year-end edition so what we're going to do is we're going to take questions from the live uh w feed uh live twitter we're going to see we're we're going to have our own awards right off the cuff so ask us who was what was the moment of the year what was the spot of the year just we're going to answer them on the fly so uh the year end edition is going to be dedicated to all of our uh, faithful fans and listeners of the Pancakes of Power Slam show. We're going to have a lot of fun on our year-end edition. We're going to have a whole lot of fun just really answering those questions and creating the Pancakes of Power Slams awards. I think we kind of did something like that last year as far as dishing out awards. And we're going to do it this year from more of a people's standpoint. People are going to ask the questions and pose the the, the awards and we're going to we're going to talk about the winners and and who else you know uh, um, who else is nominated so to speak for for those awards so lots of fun for the year in addition as far as as well as giving bow predictions for 2016 too we're also going to do that on the year in addition and just recapping the pay per views as well well ladies and gentlemen I'm trying to keep my composure. Uh, you you know you all know if you're listening to this show, first of all, as I always say, thank you. And second of all, um, if it's your first time listening, enjoy the ride. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm about to pose a TLC question here in a moment. But if you've listened to this show multiple times, you would understand how much of a Roman Reigns apologist that I am. And I have some very close friends who are fellow wrestling fans. And one thing they commend Chris Featherstone for doing is sticking with people who he like. 
even if it seems like it, it, it's there's there's no way out. And you know, there's been some people I liked who I just kind of stopped liking, which was Ryback for a long point of time. I, I'm 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 pretty much indifferent with Ryback now, but the New Day and Roman Reigns are two people or groups, team and a person that I have been, you know, that I've stuck with since the very beginning. When Roman Reigns made his uh, his his babyface turn, and and uh, Seth Rollins, well, when Roman when the Shield kind of turned face and was feuding against the Wyatt family, and then really kind of full fledged face turn when they were feuding with Evolution last year, I that's when I really started uh, getting on board. Well, it, and I was I was I was a fan, and. Through and through, uh, I've, I've stuck with, with Roman Reigns and his ebbs and flows. And we'll talk about the reason why I have an, a a reason to gloat about me sticking with Roman Reigns. Just like I gloated about sticking with the New Day. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We have a whole lot to talk about as far as what the past 48 hours has has. What wrestling fans have experienced the past 48 hours is nothing short of a miracle, so we'll have some fun with that. TLC question, which TLC did Daniel Bryan cash in his Money in the Bank case? What uh, what TLC did Daniel Bryan cash in his Money in the Bank case? And by the way, uh, the, the, the answer to last week's question, the, the final question I asked, uh, was indeed Randy Orton uh, was faced John Cena. And it was for the unification of the WWE and the World Heavyweight Championship in 2013. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to TLC on Sunday. I mean, wow. This was probably the pay-per-view that I was least looking forward to. I'm going to tell you something that's very funny about how much I really didn't, I was really willing to gloss over this pay-per-view. Uh, for those who know, I uh, I am pursuing my Ph.D. in forensic psychology, and when I'm lit, when I'm when I'm you know watching pay-per-views, I, I I concentrate on the pay-per-view for the entire time. Um, you know, there's there's occasions where I'm I'm still doing things, but I'm very into it because I, you know, I, I get paid to journalize, you know, to to be a wrestling journalist. So I'm gonna make sure that I'm concentrating, zooming in to to kind of add layers to the pieces that I write and the commentary that I that I that I say on my show. So most of the time, I, I'm zoomed in to the pay per view, with some minor exceptions. Every now and then, a couple of pay-per-views this year, I had so little interest in it that I was doing something simultaneously as I was watching the pay-per-view. Now, in uh, my office, uh, also my studio is I have uh, I have a desk, I have a, a, a nice office desk, and I have uh, two screens. I have, I have two big screens, uh, LED screens. Um, 
and one of the screens I was watching the pay per view, and the other screen I was doing homework. So I and the pre show, most of the pre show I actually had on mute uh, because I was doing homework. That's how much I really didn't. That's how much I was glossing over uh, the pay per view. But the the cool thing about that is. It only took the very first match for me to to totally discard that mentality and get focused on the pay-per-view. I, I hurried up and finished my homework. I was taking my time, and yeah, I hurried up and finished my homework in order to uh, focus on the first match, but I'll, let me even go back further to the pre-show match. The pre-show match killed it as well. It was a very, very good start to the pay-per-view. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks tore the house down in Boston even beforehand. And here's the thing. Boston native uh, is, is Sasha Banks, so she was way over, of course. But the thing is with Becky Lynch, from what I heard, and I, I muted most of the pre-show and I did turn the volume on during the match for a while because crowd reaction is definitely something to talk about when when you're dealing with wrestling discussions. So the crowd reaction was huge for Sasha Banks, of course. But Becky Lynch did so well that it wasn't like anti-Becky Lynch because they were so pro-Sasha Banks. So... Kudos to Becky Lynch for that. It seems like she's next in line for uh, a feud with Charlotte. We'll talk about Charlotte a little bit more later, but that match was awesome. It was, to me, it, it felt like it had an NXT feel to it. It was a great match to, to watch and experience, and it was a great kickoff to, to the pay-per-view. It was an excellent kickoff. And um, like I said, we've mentioned earlier in uh, past episodes, uh, you know, however, the WWE's product itself is sometimes blah. They've had some really decent pay-per-views this year. And the last few months, they've hit a slump. SummerSlam wasn't that great. Not a champion, et cetera. Hell in a cell. But last night was a good end, and you were right. I mean, the Divas finally pulled off an awesome, awesome match. Enjoyed it immensely. And the pay-per-view, like you said, nobody, I don't think anybody, any wrestling fan was looking forward to really indulging and getting a big bowl of popcorn and watching with the TLC. So, but, wow, it really, it was a lot better than anyone could have thought it would have been, uh, especially after the UFC garbage you saw the night before, if anyone saw that. Yeah. So, I yeah. <laughs> TLC itself, I mean, it was overall, it was a good, it was a solid pay-per-view, and uh, still, we got a lot to talk about, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> very, uh, very interesting there um, <laughs> with Conor, Conor McGregor. Just, uh, yeah, very, very interesting there. Um, <laughs> I think it was just a, yeah, <laughs> it was 13 seconds, I believe, he uh, knocked out uh, Jose Aldo. So, yeah, that was uh, very, very interesting and uh he definitely made a name for himself. I mean, well, McGregor was popular before before the fight, but definitely made himself uh, even more of a threat uh, in the history books by uh, that 13 seconds of uh, of of, uh, 
Rousey, Ronda Rousey style fight there, minus Holly Holm, of course. But yeah, it, great point, and uh, I, I certainly think that uh, it, you know the, the match was just put together just because, and I wasn't a big fan of that. But it was definitely a good showcase between the two. But I, I just don't, I don't necessarily understand why Becky Lynch uh, took the fall, was the took the job. Uh, I don't know, I don't know why she was the one who lost when she's kind of building herself. Uh, well, she was supposed to get a proper build. She she should get a proper build to the whole Charlotte thing. They're teasing it, and I like it. But uh, him, uh, but but her just losing to to Sasha Banks. On the flip side of that, they did protect her in a way because you know Team Bad did interfere. So if she wants to kind of go through Team Bad uh, by way of, you know, Tamina and, and Naomi, um, that would be a retribution of some sort. So that that would make sense if, if that happened. You know, that, that loss would make more sense. 2011 is the correct answer. Uh, next question is, uh, who retained the ECW championship versus Shelton Benjamin and ladders match at TLC 2009. Who retained the ECW championship versus Shelton Benjamin in ladders match at TLC 2009? As I was saying, the 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 first match, New Day versus Lucha Dragons. It, it wow, it just it just set the bar for the evening. And the funny thing is. Many times we see a bar set in some sort, if it's a pay-per-view or if it's a Raw, we see a bar set, and then it just plummets after that. You know, there were some down times in this pay-per-view, but it stayed consistent throughout the, throughout the pay-per-view as far as not getting too far away from the bar that was set. The match of the night by far was was the triple threat ladders match it was absolutely amazing and these three teams are the best three teams that you could have put in there i mean if you're trying to recreate the edge christian and dudley's uh tlc you know monument monument you know monument style matches this these three teams are the way to go and of course lucha dragons brings that lucha feel to it so high flying and spot fest is you know by nature and then you have the usos that brings a high flying aspect but still has the the size to to have a a good ground game too very solid very fluid they've always been a very solid fluid tag team and then a new day just kind of is a hybrid. You know, you, you can have any two of the three. You know, you'll have the powerhouse and, and Big E, you know, having that Dudley's feel to it. And if you put Kofi Kingston in there, you know, he's more of a high flyer, but he still has, you know, a, a ground threat as well. And then, of course, if you put Xavier Woods in there, he's more of a high flyer. So, I mean, these three teams are really – the, the the teams to to recreate that feel and they did a fantastic job recreating that legendary triple threat Dudley's Hardys and um D- Dudley's Hardys and um Edge and Christian feel and 
that's uh, Salida del Sol uh, off the <laughs> off the ladder um uh, was just absolutely amazing that was most like that that was probably the reason why I'm saying probably because I don't want to say it all of us I don't want to say it just instinctively but I really as I'm thinking I still cannot recall any better spot of you know compared to that this year I just can't that that spot was absolutely amazing it was so deftifying it was so suspenseful it was so just you know impulsive it, it was an absolutely amazing spot new day retained the titles which they should um you know continue this long title reign by the new day they're still i mean the the tag team division is officially revived and this and this match did all did everything it needed to do to keep that thundering pulse of the tag team division alive and I, and, and it just it's it's incredibly exciting I mean they're all bar none probably the best entertainers out there right now as far as just what they can do. The six of them together, Lucha Dragons have really gone up in stock lately. Uh, as far as my opinion, a lot of people that I talk to about it, New Day's always been an awesome trio. And then when you let them go out there and just absolutely tear the house down like that, I mean, it's just no more organic feel. The best opening they could have to that pay-per-view. And again, it was like right off the bat, even from the pre-show, like the pay-per-view got more intriguing every second that it kept going on and on. And just to have yeah. these guys, it was absolutely amazing. And the Usos, you know, I get bored with the Usos. I get bored with Lucha Dragons, but like I mentioned, I mean, just, all of them have just honestly gone up in the in the realm of WWE entertainment. I mean, that was it was entertaining. And like you said, that was probably the best spot. Of course it was. I mean, you haven't seen that all year, anything close to it. Hats off to all yeah. six of them, and. Continue to like the Usos. Lucha Dragons, again, have gone up. Usos stock's gone up as well. So, I mean, it's, that was a perfect perfect start to a, a great pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. Who retained the ECW championship? I don't see any uh, correct answers on Twitter or the live stream. Again, who uh, retained the ECW championship? I might have stumped the live listeners. I usually get very quick responses from uh, the wrestling scholars that are the listeners of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Uh, But it looks like I may have stumped the the, the scholars. So that's uh, very, very interesting there. So the next question, the the, uh, next, and I'm about to answer the question. So if I answer the question, that means that... uh, you are completely stumped. Um, so we shall see. I'll, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you about a few more seconds to to, to guess. So if I don't hear, if I don't see a live tweet, and or a answer on the live stream, you got five seconds to guess who it is. Five, four, three, two. One and then my last uh my last resort is Derek. You get the honors of uh of guessing the answer. What's your what's your guess? Do you have a guess? Um Taz. 
No, absolutely not. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, stumped the live audience. The correct answer to that is Christian. Christian maintained the ECW championship. It's been a while since I'm stumped the live audience. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Mark mark this uh, time. Um, December 15th, the episode 194. The, audience have been, the live audience has been stumped. Christian is the correct answer, so uh, great job there to me. <laughs> Who did CM Punk defeat at TLC 2013? Who did CM Punk defeat at uh, TLC 2013? Uh, <laughs> now we get someone who says Christian. I guess uh, possibly because uh, necessarily uh, maybe a lag uh, while they're listening, possibly. I'll give them that. I, I, I will. I will give them that. All right. So the uh, next. The next. Match is <laughs> we got a Damian Sandow style uh, quote here on the live stream. You should be, you should all be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> very interesting there. Very, very. Speaking of Damian Sandow, he's doing this whole Sandow uh, Sandow Syndicate again. Uh, I was asked to repeat the question again. Uh, the question is, who did CM Punk? Defeat at TLC 2013. Uh, but uh, Damian Sandow has this uh, Sandow Syndicate again. Uh, well, uh, trying to revive himself uh, via Twitter like Curtis Axel is. So maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. I think a, a team, a team of Sandow and Adam Rose may be something I would be interested in. Not in the WWE main uh, roster. I think I would like them in NXT. I think I would like a Sandow and Adam Rose uh, team in NXT. If you want to keep this party pooper gimmick on Adam Rose, which I'm not a fan of at all, actually. I, I like the old Adam Rose. He's Even when he was a heel, he would come to NXT and still be over with the Rosebuds and all that. Even when he wasn't, even when he didn't have the Rosebuds again, anymore he would still come to the you know to to NXT and and be over but i understand you know if they were, i think they were paying him like $250 the rosebuds i think they were paying them like $250 a night so you know it's it's a cost cutting measure <laughs> i definitely understand uh that's <laughs> that it's a cost cutting measure and it makes sense and from a business standpoint to cut the rosebuds but it, you know Maybe if it was like the bunny and uh a few other people, maybe maybe not as many rosebuds that could be uh that could be something that could be considered. But if you want to keep this whole you know, party pooper thing, I think him and Sandow having that type of gimmick as a tag team uh in NXT would, would, would work. Because just having them be that type of tag team in the WWE main roster, I don't really think it'll work that much because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of tag teams above them on the list, and eh, not a, not a big fan. Uh, the Shield is the correct answer. Great job, uh, very very good job. Next question is, who was a part of the only stairs match in TLC history? Who was a part of the only stairs match 
in TLC history. So we get Rusev and Ryback. This was, uh, I think, that was this is the biggest snoozer of the night. To be honest with you, I I haven't been a fan of this whole angle from day one, so it didn't really do anything to me at all. I I wasn't intrigued by this match. I wasn't intrigued by this feud. I just hope that it goes away because it doesn't do anything to to help either one of them. And Ryback once again is has a ceiling on him. Ryback's one of those guys. I you know, Vince McMahon's always you know had some type of uh, soft spot or some type of personal pleasure by pushing a big guy, but he has the opportunity to push the big guy, and he doesn't. He he reaches a ceiling every single time. His Intercontinental Title win in the Elimination Chamber match. Was a was a good deal. I liked it. It was a good idea. It was a shocker because a lot of people thought Sheamus was going to be Intercontinental Champ, and people didn't want to see that. So he he drew some momentum when he, it was unpredictable. It was different. He had his first singles major title, so it was good. And he had that. Uh, I think it was like a staph infection that he had. It just really. I mean, his it's it's crazy that you you gain so much momentum, and. Within one injury, he just it just tanks, and it's so sad. But I mean, Ryback is once again in Jobberville. You know, he Rice he put over Rusev, Rusev. You know, who's hasn't looked impressive in the past few months. So, two people who needed a win desperately. When you're in that position, it's pretty sad. Ryback was also in the same position when he was feuding against Bray Wyatt, desperately needing a win and still losing. Same now with Rusev. Both of them desperately needed a win, and Ryback still losing. So it's it's quite sad, man, what, a, what an injury can do to you. I uh, listened to the uh, Rick, Ric Flair podcast with Sting. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the podcast. Um, just because I mean I've, I've I've listened to a few Ric Flair podcasts before and he he does a little bit too much putting himself over. I mean he puts over the guy who he interviews like heck, like he just really really puts him over. But he interrupts his guests a lot when he's talking to him, and he'll spend like two minutes putting himself over and adding the other person in the road story. Like, he just, he did that with Sting a lot. And Sting so monotone. He was just, and just relaxed. Sting was just kind of like saying, yeah, yeah, you know, he, yeah, you're right. And so it wasn't necessarily, hey, let's spend a lot of time with just bringing so much out of Sting from this opportunity of interviewing him. It was a little bit too much of uh, putting Ric Flair putting himself over, and it, one of the one of the things they talked about in the interview was how Sting got his break, which was which was a good part of the interview. Was uh, there was I think it was like Ronnie Garvin that he and Sting was uh, that, that that Ric Flair was shooting with Ronnie Garvin, and Ronnie Garvin I believe it was eighty seven that he won the the World Heavyweight Championship, and he didn't keep it for long. And then the next person in line, according to Sting, was supposed to be Ricky Morton. 
out of out of anyone. So very interesting. I can see that. I can see Ricky Morton and and Ric Flair having some some great feuds just because the Rock and Roll Express was huge at that time. And Ricky Morton has always been a very very solid worker, and he had the rock and roll feel. And it makes sense for him to be a NWA main eventer. Um, it, when he when he turned heel and became Richard Morton and joined, and joined the uh, the Wall Street Connection, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that, but it was something different. But the whole rock and roll feel for Ricky Morton and Ricky Morton always had a, a gift of gab. He was a really very good mic worker too. So and it's funny because they said that Ricky Morton was he got injured when he was next in line to feud with with Rick Flair for the world title. He got injured, so he wasn't so he got, you know, kicked out of the the pecking order to uh feud with Rick Flair for the title. And the Sting was working his way up and he just so happened to just be at the right place at the right time and there you go. He was he was the guy, he was the heir apparent. Uh, hence the over 45-minute uh, match they had at uh, Class of the Champions. That was an uh, 88. There was a time limit draw, and then you know uh, that developed into Sting being in the Horseman, and then getting kicked out in January of '90, being gone for you know getting legitimately injured, coming back for Great American Bash five months later, and winning the title. So it's very interesting how that panned out. How. Uh, injuries actually prevented uh Ricky Morton out of anyone from uh from from getting a big break and same with Ryback just an injury just really really just hurt his career so much and it's and it's sad because he's really expendable now He's very expendable now. Um, He's expendable. Uh, I mean, yeah. There we go. There's, there's. Are we, uh, are we going on about Rick Morton or Sting or? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ryback is expendable now. Ryback. All right. Yeah. Well, Ryback. I mean, the thing about Ryback. Yeah. I mean, he gets you into the moment, but he doesn't deliver in the long run. And I can see why WWE keeps going back and forth with him. They want to push him. You get excited. But then he gets boring. He gets old. The same thing. Oh, it's feeding time. Urgh. He sounds like the Fantastic Four thing. It's clobbering time. I mean, but he has that thing. to him. I love the he thing. Even, He's my favorite one. <laughs> you love the thing. I love the thing. But, I mean, it doesn't really transition into the guy has a personality of a doorknob, and that's just it. I mean, the thing is, right back, you can give him 500 chances. You're always going to be like, yeah, this is it. And nothing happens. And they're almost like me and the Cleveland Browns, you and the Titans. You just you see a glimmer of hope, and then it just it falls flat. And you're just guys. I can see why they want Rusev. I could see Damian Sandow going over Ryback. I mean, that's just Ryback is the the doormat of the WWE for the fact that he's just uh, there's nothing to him. He's a big guy. He's got a catchphrase. That's it. That's all you get from him. Period. Yeah. Sadly. Uh, Big Show versus Eric Rowan. That is that is correct. Um, <laughs> very interesting comment here on the live stream to, <laughs> regarding the podcast, uh, the Wu Nation podcast tonight. My guest at this time is Name Wrestler here. Woo! I am the Nature Boy. Woo! 
<laughs> that's very true. Very, very true. Uh, and I've watched and I've listened to a few. I've listened to a few. Uh, I think I listened to the one with him and um, I listened to the. I think the only full one I listened to was him and Sting. I know I listened to a bunch of him and Matten. I listened to a bunch of him and um, Luger too. He, he he did the same with Luger. <laughs> he just he put Luger over and then he just put himself over twice more. So very interesting there. Next you have uh uh Rio and Swagger. It was a good match and I knew it was going to be a good match because both of them are very good wrestlers. Very good wrestlers, very solid two two of the best workers in the entire roster. But again, as we as we said before in the last show, it Swagger, who actually thought that Swagger would be U.S. champion? At least give us an an element of unpredictability. As you see with Roman Reigns totally flipping Boston and flipping Philly and flipping Chicago, but he he flipped Chicago because they, you know, he, he actually had a very, very good match with the Big Show. Uh, he flipped Boston. We'll talk about that later. But he totally flipped Philly. Is that element of surprise? And I keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. I'm, I feel like having like a a, a, a po- pancakes and power slams quiz of things that I say all the time because I just want to continue to drive it in the ears of the listeners because it's so true. There's two types. You know, you know what? Matter of fact, I will do that. For my live listeners there through the uh, WW Nation live stream or at Crave Wrestling on Twitter, for everyone who are, are, are avid listeners of the Pancakes and Power Slam show, I always say this. I say there are two tried and true pops, types of pops that have lasted in all of wrestling. There are two types of pops. There, that's my trivia question. That's my next trivia question. That's non-TLC related. It's pancakes and power slams related. There are two types of pops that will always stand the test of time of being successful types of pops. What are they? What are the two types of pops? I say this all the time on my shows, and uh, we'll talk about a little bit more of why they still rank, ring true even against the even against the the gravest challenge, the, the steepest challenge. They still ring true. So, uh, yeah, but Del Rio and Swagger, you know, it's one of those things that. We we didn't we knew that Swagger wasn't going to be United States champion, so it kind of it, it kind of uh, deflated the entire purpose or interest in this match. It was a good match, it was a solid match, but it's a chairs match, which you know didn't really make sense in the first place. And then secondly, it was Del Rio and Swagger, which is a good match on paper, but there's no charisma involved. You know, this this match desperately needs charisma, and it didn't have any. And, you know, people knew that Del Rio was going to win the match, so it really didn't cause interest at all. I mean, when was the last time Flagger won a match? Like, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Going into it, you knew that 
Del Rio was going to shine. There was no snowball's chance that that would happen, that Del Rio would lose to Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger, is he's a doormat. He's a nobody. And that's a shame to say. Love the guy. I mean, he's a great talent. But there's just he has no charisma. He just has his little chest beaten. We are the people. And that's it. That's all he's got. It's just the same. He's defined by that. And he's never going to get out of that American Zeb Coulter thing. No matter how much he wants to bash Zeb Coulter, get back together, whatever they want to do with him. But it was a throwaway match, and it, I didn't. I kind of looked away for a second, so there was nothing much there to see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he beat Stardust uh, on Raw um, last week. Um, but Stardust uh, on that, Raw. Yeah, he beat uh, Del Rio by DQ on SmackDown uh, a couple of weeks ago. But that was before. <laughs> that was that was. That was for the purposes of making him somebody, trying to make him somebody to feud against Del Rio. But before then, um, the last Raw that he won, um, we'll, we'll get those stats here in a minute, <clears throat> but it was, oh goodness, it, it was months and months and months ago. So I really don't know um <laughs> that's 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 a very good question. The last time he won a Raw, and and I think that you have to go back very very far <laughs> to see when the last time Jack Swagger won a uh, a Monday Night Raw match. So anybody, uh, I, <clears throat> I'll be I'll be conjuring up the stats real quick, and if anybody else have an answer for that. Um, yeah, that that would be uh, very interesting there to see. Um, all right, so <clears throat> oh, okay, so uh, stumps uh, people again. <clears throat> so here's the thing: uh, two types of pops, and I'm sure that you'll remember this as I say it. Two types of pops is this: the underdog pop. Okay, we got we got the the right answer. The underdog pop. And the Mystique Pop. Those are the two pops, the two types of pops that will continue to be over to get someone over for throughout wrestling history. We see it. We see the underdog pop. We saw the underdog pop with Steve Austin when he was the anti-hero, the underdog toward the corporation. We saw it in The Rock too when he was feuding against the corporation. That's the that's why Rock got over like crazy like he was. Of course, we saw it with Daniel Bryan. We saw the underdog pop there. And then, you know, of course, we're seeing that with Roman Reigns. And, we'll again, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But in the Mystique pop, Sting has the Mystique pop. Undertaker has the Mystique pop. Kane has the Mystique pop. Those three, they 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 really in, in, in immerse and entrenched and gross and just really popularize the the mystique pop the uh and and they do a, a amazing amazing job at it so uh next question is what was the main event of TLC 2013 what was the main event of TLC 2013 
So the Wyatt family defeated Team Extreme. I was having a conversation with uh, one of my uh, good colleagues about this today. Uh, there, there's a lot of people criticizing the, the WWE's choice to uh, use Team Extreme uh, as a way of getting the Wyatt family over. I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. I, I definitely. I definitely understand that there are huge jump. There's there are huge step down from Taker and Kane. I, okay, of course I get that, but I am not. I was not opposed at all for the Wyatt family to get over because they need to re. They need to establish themselves as winning, dominant. You know, they need to. They need to be a threat and. By Bray Wyatt continuing to lose feuds, is continuing to diminish his character one by one by one. You know, the Dudleys, Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, yeah, they're not. You know, they're 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 arguable Hall of Famers. I'm sure the Dudleys are probably making in, but you know, Tommy Dreamer, my favorite, one of my favorite ECW stars of all time. Rhino is an amazing hand. You know, and and wrestling, and so they have a legendary status. So yeah, they're not Taker and Kane legendary, but they still have a legendary status. So by the Wyatt family beating the the Extreme Army, the Team Extreme, the Team ECW, by beating them in their own game. That is a great way to put them over. Now, the match on Monday was much better than Sunday because Braun Strowman, man, that guy, he is – I don't think a lot of people realize it because he's kind of shrouded by amazing wrestling talent in Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt, especially Luke Harper. Luke Harper is amazing in the ring. So he's shrouded by – how good they are, but man, he needs some vast improvement. He is not good. He 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 botched so many times, and he has a really bad habit of missing his cues. Just his cadence is awful. His he misses his cues all the time. I remember during that match, there was he was supposed to hit the trash can when uh, uh Bubba Ray was about to hit him with the trash can or making the gesture to hit him with the trash can. He had to put the trash can back up and hold it in front of his face to cue Braun Strowman to hit the trash can. It was awful. And so he, he's got some major, major improvement to do. Uh, but, you know, it's a good way to put it. The, the, they won. They won both matches. It was a good way to put them over. And I'm I was not opposed at all for Team ECW to be used as a unit for the sake of putting the Wyatts over. I think the Dudley boys returning to the WWE was great. I think I think they put the New Day over. They, they put them over exceptionally well. And they're putting the Wyatt family over. It was an... I was a. I was okay with the feud from from the very beginning. I think it's a very good way of putting Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family over, and I I didn't have an issue with it at all. And I think their win helped the Wyatt family. Yeah, the win did help. 
and it, made, it held better on Monday Night Raw. They did it two nights in a row consecutively. And um, I'm glad you noticed the botches as well. I'm sure a lot of people did. But, yeah, he's got a lot of work to do, bless his heart. But uh, on paper, it looks like a great match. And it's just I don't like to see the older veterans get manhandled like that, but it does help the Wyatts. The Wyatts need to help more than the Dudleys and Tommy Dreamer and Rhino need it because, I mean, they, they're past their prime. They're still there. They're good. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a – I don't know how I like it. I want to see him do better, but also, I mean, you got to look to the future. The Wyatts are there. you got to let them have it. And they had it. They did it well. It's probably the best work they've done for a long time. And not that I didn't oppose what they did with Kane and Undertaker, but getting off of that high with the Kane and Undertaker feud, this yeah. was a good medium for them to kind of keep them at the top instead of just getting mixed in the bottom and losing more matches. Again, fit from it, and, you know, ECW would have had nothing to benefit from it. So, I mean, that was what was best for business, and I agree with it totally. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so here's the thing. It's, um, I keep seeing Orton versus Cena. So, is that your final answer? That's that's what I'll say about that. Is that is that your final answer? So uh, yeah, we'll see where this takes the Wyatt family. You know, there's some people talking about Bray Wyatt should win the um, should win the Royal Rumble. No, no way. I, I'm totally not for that at all. And I I don't think that I think that Bray Wyatt needs to be developed a lot more uh, than. A month, <laughs> really, really two matches to be able to 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 do that to to make sense to um to to, to win the Royal Rumble. That that would just totally be a, a bad, 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 bad idea. So I certainly hope that we don't we <laughs> we don't see that. So next question. Well, actually. Actually, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stick on that one. Is that your final answer? That's what that's, that's what I'll say about that. Charlotte and Paige. Again, who who's the who's the ba- who's the baby face? Who's the heel? It was a you know Charlotte playing the the heel card with with Ric Flair and uh, you know doing the whole. You know, I just don't get it. I, I really don't understand how, you know, they would just continue continue to do this. I understand that they're moving Charlotte to a heel. I'm not a, I'm not totally against that. However, again, make up your mind. You know, why? who are you really putting over if two heels are going against each other? I, I just really don't understand that. I never understood that concept of two heels fighting against each other. Who's going to cheer who? And again, if you're not cheering someone, if, if you don't have, if if you're not locked into a character, it, it just ruins. It ruins it. And so Paige and, and Charlotte was just. It was. It was confusing, and it just really. I mean, the match wasn't horrible, of course. But it was just too too confusing for for me to really invest in it. It's almost like they want you to like the character first, no matter if they're heel or face, and just follow them wherever they go. You just like that character, and it just doesn't work that way a lot of times, unfortunately. Yeah. And it doesn't 
case. Because, yeah, Charlotte, I mean, for all that she's done, she's great. She could be an awesome heel, too. That's fine. She's got flair in her. See what she can do with that. I don't think she was faced long enough to make the heel turn, you know, that good. Because, I mean, it's a, you're still in, you're not over the honeymoon phase yet. You're still, yeah, she's great, good American, let's stand up for the rights and do all this and that. But, however, you know, you don't, you take that away from her too lose credibility. So, that's what they did with Paige, I think. It was you want to love her, but then she turned bad all of a sudden. You're just like, it's, it's too soon. And it's, it, the match itself wasn't bad, but, you know, who do you get behind? Who, who are you happy for? Uh, you scratch your head and wonder. Exactly, yeah. And uh, awesome, awesome, uh, wonderful people over at uh, We Are Wrestling live stream. Uh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate uh, the amazing wrestling knowledge. Uh, the last time Jack Swagger won on Raw was October 6, 2014. Wow. Over over a year ago. That's uh, alone just goes to show how much <laughs> the WWE is interested in Jack Swagger. That pretty much says it, says it all right there, unfortunately. All right, and then we have uh, Ambrose and Owens. Awesome match. A- incredible, incredible match. Uh, it-, it delivered It delivered exactly what it was supposed to, and uh, it-, it-, it really showed just it- – it-, it's really- it really brought back the, the workhorse uh, – the-, the workhorse of the – of the Intercontinental title, and I really, really liked that. That was absolutely amazing, and it should have been that. It should have been exactly that. And we need that type of workhorse style, you know, um, prestige again for for the for the Intercontinental title. And, and I'm glad that that we got that. And this match really proved that there's still potential life. In the Intercontinental title because it's been so stagnant and pointless for so long that, unfortunately, you know, it just didn't seem like there was any type of life in it anymore. However, the the, the good part of it is watching matches like Dean Ambrose and, and Kevin Owens really show that there's still potential life in the Intercontinental title. And, and kudos to Dean Ambrose, your boy. That's your old uh your old running buddy, Dean Ambrose winning the Intercontinental Championship. That was great. It was beautiful to see because we go back and forth on Ambrose a lot on this show as far as Yeah. And it's not always Ambrose personally, it's just what they're doing with him. I, it was an Intercontinental Championship match you haven't seen in a long time because it really showed two competitors really duke it out. And that's exactly what you got. I mean these guys are brawlers. And they can wrestle when they need to wrestle. They can brawl when they want to brawl. And they they duked it out. Awesome, awesome match. And it was just fantastic. It was it was happy to see that happen. Because I remember there was a Raw earlier this year where Dean Ambrose one said, uh, I want to be the IC championship. It was when they were snowed out. Uh, anybody remembers that. They couldn't have a match because it was a big snowstorm was going on. And they had Dean Ambrose walking around various buildings. But anyway... That took me back to that. It was a great moment. I liked it. It was fun. I hope that they really do a lot with Ambrose being the IC title. 
and hopefully this is an upturn to make the title more legitimate. Like, you know, like yeah. they're doing with the U.S. title before Del Rio got a hold of it. Uh, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> that's that's even rough to to indulge Del Rio in the U.S. Championship. Then we get Sheamus and Roman Reigns. Um, yeah, I it wasn't the match wasn't bad. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I still see Orton and Cena for the main event of TLC 2014. So that gets a big one of these. Absolutely wrong answer. Uh, the correct answer is Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose. Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose was the the main event of TLC 2014. Uh, yeah, the match wasn't wasn't bad with with uh, Raymonds and uh, Roman Reigns and and, uh, and Sheamus. I think the Philly crowd was just being the smarky Philly crowd. They just weren't into the match because Roman Reigns and Sheamus are two names that the smarky crowd was not into. Makes sense. It's a smarky crowd. I get it. Um, somebody said 100% you said 2013. Well, if I said 2013, uh, pay attention to the show uh, on iTunes and listen to it again and see if that is the correct answer. Um, so I could have said it, so I'll uh, I'll go ahead and give it to you. There you go. Correct answer. Um but you know, the, I I intended to say 2014. That was the uh, yeah. But you know, if I said 13, you guys got it right. Uh, but yeah, the smarky crowd wasn't expecting that. You know, and I get it. I, I understand. It, it was a smarky crowd, and, and it was Philly. It was the same crowd that booed Roman Reigns out of the arena. I'm sorry, it was Boston. Uh, it was the same crowd that's just been against Roman Reigns, you know, the whole time. But, and so, and so the the the, the match, I, I get the fact that they weren't into it. It, it. Typical. That's that's nothing. That's not a surprise at all. Sheamus beats Roman Reigns, and I and 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 by the way, kudos to you and I. We predicted the entire card right. Um, we were one hundred percent. We were one hundred percent. Kudos to you and I for being one hundred percent in predictability uh, for this for the TLC. That's uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah, we both predicted that Sheamus was going to beat Roman Reigns, and so I was expecting that. But what I wasn't expecting was him absolutely snapping on the League of Nations and Triple H. Now, listen to about, uh, I would say go to about a minute, uh, an hour and 20 minutes on last week's show. Please, if you are listening to this show, go to episode 193, right after the DDP interview, we start talking about Raw, and I get into Roman Reigns. I go into a Roman Reigns rant at about an hour and 20 minutes into the show. I would I would encourage you strongly to listen to it. I called this to a T. I talked about how he should be anti authority, anti authority, how he should have that underdog pop, how he should be an anti hero, Austin style. I said all of that, 
And so looking at that was so poetic to me. It was so amazing and poetic to me. He totally flipped the Boston crowd. He was one of the most over people of the night because he pulled the Austin card. That's what's going to make him over. He was anti-authority. They were bored with the match. By the time the night ended, people were chanting and hashtagging, thank you, Roman. And I don't care. I don't want to hear about the miserable marks that want to say anything at different and want to make every other excuse of why, yeah, it was only one night, blah, 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 you can save it. Because I was actually, you know, I was seeing if it wasn't just me because I, I, I've been just clamoring for this moment to happen for Roman Reigns for, you know, the entire year. So I was just making sure it wasn't me. So I was strolling. I took a, a long time just for... Not only for the sake of personal gratification and personal I told you so, but just to gather enough data to commentate about. And I stro I scrolled through minutes upon minutes of people who hashtagged WWE TLC and he flipped the IWC, he flipped the Twitter universe. That moment flipped so many people, and of course I'm not going to say everybody because, you know, haters are going to hate. If you don't like Roman Reigns, so be it. But that booking decision flipped the so many people over to Roman Reigns. It was amazing. It was just, it, it, like I said, it was poetic because I was propagating this the whole time, and I started just going in about it. Last week, again, I say, watch, you know, fast forward to about an hour and 20 minutes into the show, and you will see, you would hear what I had to say about uh, Roman Reigns and what's going to make him over, and that's exactly what happened. It was great booking, surprisingly great booking, and it was a great ending to the show. And and, and it was it was suspenseful. It caused people, here's the thing. They jumped uh, eight. It was like a three point oh, three point oh four to a three point eight. Raw was a three point, almost a three point nine. So you jump almost a million viewers around a million viewers in in a, in a matter of a week because of this one booking decision. So I mean. The the proof is in the pudding. The 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 numbers numbers don't lie. That's a, that's a ESPN show. Numbers don't lie, and numbers never lie. And that suspense, that booking decision, gained almost a million viewers on Raw, and it it, it just started a revolution, and it overturned so many naysayers of Roman Reigns. It was absolutely amazing. I'm, honestly, I just hope Triple H is okay. Because, I mean, that's my guy. I love, I'm a Triple H guy. So, I mean, I love Roman Reigns, but, I mean, Triple H gets back, he's in trouble. Because, doggone it, the authority is going to come down on him hard. But uh, I, I totally agree, Chris. I, that was a great way to end it. He needed that moment to just shine to, like you said, his Austin moment. That's what he needed. He, if Is Triple H going to be as big as 
jerk is what the Vince McMahon was Stone Cold. I, we don't know, but I mean, this was the start of something that makes Reigns more human. It's not the fake laughing. Hopefully, they get rid of that. They just let Roman Reigns be the champion and and fight Triple H and the Authority to the tooth and nail because that's what the wrestling community wants. Like you just said, it's, the ratings went up. It went up immensely, you know, for wrestling standards. So. Great ending, great finish. Roman Reigns finally got the title. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, Sheamus kept the title, but Roman Reigns ran it. We'll talk about Reigns uh, winning the title Title. here in just a moment. Yeah. Speaking of Triple H, which type of match did Triple H and Kevin Ash have at TLC 2011? Let me make sure I'm clear so I get this question clear so everyone listening can answer correctly. Which type of match did Triple H and Kevin Nash have at TLC 2011? All right, that's that's the question. We'll be right back with Raw. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling. On Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Absolutely. So, uh, Philly, Philly is was the destination for Raw. Uh, we are going to uh, talk about something really fun. I'm really excited about these Flavor of the Week up. Uh, segments uh, until the Raw. We're going to talk about the number 30 entrance of every single uh, Royal Rumble event. So we're going to talk about, about the first five years uh, this year, uh, th- this this uh, night, this segment. We're going to talk about the first five years, the 30th entrance, well, the 20th for 88 because there are only 20 people. But the 30th entrant, you know, minus 88, for each and every mania. So all the manias had a 30th entrant, except for um, 88, which had uh, 20, and then uh, 2011, which had 40. So um, so we're going to talk about the last entrant for, for every uh, Royal Rumble. All right, so I uh, got getting some questions. Uh, Got we we got some correct answers here. We, we got the sledgehammer match, so good job for that. All right, next question is: Who competed for Money in the Bank case to TLC 2012? Who com- who competed for the Money in the Bank case at uh, TLC 2012? So let's go through Raw right quick. We got uh, Stephanie McMahon in ring promo, interrupted by Roman Reigns. They both exchange words back and forth, and Steph slaps them multiple times. I mean, talk about your your slaps for real. It seems like he might have bruised something. It seems like Roman Reigns might have bruised something with Triple H, and those some some legit slaps. Uh, Steph announced McMahon coming. Ambrose versus Ziggler was a great match. Uh, Kevin Owens coming in and attacking both. He looked very strong in that match. That was great. Uh, R-Truth uh, versus Bo Dallas, defeated by Vince McMahon. I wasn't a fan of this at all. I, I just wasn't. Uh, I-, I think I was rather I was rather saw a an R-Truth what's up pumping up moment or a Bo Dallas promo, preferably the latter. 
and then Vince McMahon interrupted him. But our truth being our truth, he's he's hilarious. His his comedic, you know, he's his comedic character is gold. Um, he you know he did the whole. They interviewed him, uh, and he, he did the whole limo thing and. I spun the whole thing around, so that was a a great way to salvage that. McMahon comes out. He uh, he calls out Reigns, demands an apology from him. Uh, Reigns denies it, and and this is when the Philly crowd was starting to turn. They start to do the whole no thing, and they start you know they were doing yes chants during uh, Stephanie's promo too. But I mean, you talk about your unanimous chants. This is when you start seeing the no. Reigns wasn't talking a lot, and again, I said this last, well, I've been saying this for a long time, I've wrote an article about Roman Reigns not being on the mic, so they, they took advantage of that, didn't put him on the mic a lot, great idea, and then you had Sheamus interrupting as uh, McMahon and Reigns were going getting ready to fight, challenges Roman Reigns to a championship match, uh, McMahon rejects it. And then Rain starts talking smack to McMahon, calling him an old man. Started saying that he has has prunes, um, and so McMahon eventually gets coerced to agreeing with the match. And uh, you know he, if, but if he did not leave the night as the world champion, WWE world champion, you're fired. So. Uh, it was it was a great segment there. Uh, Rusev and uh, Darby against uh, beating Jack Swagger and Ryback. I mean that that pretty much says it all as far as we were saying. Never defeating Neville defeating Tyler Breeze too. It, again, Tyler Breeze. Why in the world did he get called up? He he was much better in NXT. He was way over in NXT. He's just lost in the swamp that is the WWE main roster. And and Derek and I both called that from the very beginning. They've got this Neville and Miz thing going on. I don't know if it's going to be either Neville Hill turn or a feud between Neville and Miz, but at least it's something. We also talked about the Wyatt family. And they had an Extreme Rules match. It was an elimination this time, but it was an Extreme Rules match, and that was that was awesome. Uh, New Day calling out the Usos and the Lucha, Lucha Dragons gives them props for the tag team thing. Uh, and then uh, as New Day celebrating the ring, both teams come out and attack them, which actually drew some heat. Uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte uh, defeating Alicia Fox and uh, Brie Bella. And then uh, Roman Reigns and Sheamus. I mean, the, the crowd was red hot. I mean, kudos to the Philly crowd. They were absolutely, to be a marquee crowd, they were red hot during this during this match, and it was absolutely an amazing, it, it, it was an amazing feeling, an amazing moment to watch, just the crowd was so much into it, just the adversaries, the League of Nations coming out, the against all odds, McMahon pulling the ref out, distracting the ref a bunch of times, he gets Superman punched, the, the crowd was bananas on this match, and it's so amazing to see, and so poetic, and so ironic to see Roman Reigns, 11 months ago, getting booed out the arena in Philadelphia, even with The Rock by his side, 
And then 11 months later, being the most celebrated person in the building just because he was the underdog and he was the anti-authority. It's, 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 it's so, it's really amazing. Again, I say that word, it's really amazing to see that transition and the fact that they that they took this entire year to play damage control with Roman Reigns to rebuild his character, understanding that they made such a nearly fatal career blow by by thrusting him so quickly into the main event scene, but spending the entire year just organically building his character, having really good matches, and it's paid off. I mean, and that's what I've said before. I've, I've stuck with Reigns the whole time. I've written articles about him. I've said, you know, countless amount of time on my show about him, and it's paid off. And they, they've they've successfully booked Roman Reigns. I really hope that they don't mess this up because this is close as you can get to Attitude Era as you possibly can. The Austin Corporation type feel to it. This is what people want to see. What people want to see, and again, if they can stay with this, I mean that's absolutely amazing. The Roman Reigns. It was at this time. It, like we say, it was organic. It was a win that came out of nowhere. We were so happy to see it. The Philadelphia crowd, honestly, bar none, are probably the best wrestling crowds you can be around. They just get it. They know what's going on. They know what to expect. They know what they like, and they know what they don't like. They loved Roman Reigns this time, and he delivered 100%. Getting Vince McMahon in there kind of put a little of a, like a Dr. Frankenstein type of feel to it. Interrupting the match between Dallas and R-Truth was, to me, would have been embarrassing if I was either yeah. one of those competitors. But, you know, I saw the R-Truth uh, little backstage interview and limo. Okay, that's funny. That took a little bit to it. So, But, again, Roman Reigns, he did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. And that's fine. I'm not a huge Roman guy. I don't hate him. I don't love him. But it made sense and it felt good to watch Monday Night Raw last night and to say, okay, I can forget about the last few weeks because this one just really stood out and made it. It made it. Okay, great. You got a great lead going into Royal Rumble and going into 2016. So we'll see where it takes from this. Monday Night Raw blew the roof off last night. Way to go for that. The other matches, Tyler Breeze, Neville, man. Again, Tyler Breeze, what's he doing? Bring Fondango in. That's better than Tyler Breeze, in my opinion. Same thing with Adam Rose. So, <laughs> had to throw that in, my boy Fondango. Of course. <laughs> Fondango is up. your boy. <laughs> but, uh, Absolutely. Great. It was great, Raw, and I loved it. So, my hat's off to you. WWE, you finally got it right. First time in 2015, you did it. Yeah, absolutely true. Very, very true about that one. First time, you know, in a long time. I wouldn't even say 2015. I wouldn't even give them the benefit of that doubt. Uh, I would say the first time in a long time that a Raw has been this electric, and it's been quite some time. Uh, Cena versus Ziggler, that is the correct answer. Great job on um, on that one. Very interesting match there. 
All right, next question is, who defeated Daniel Bryan at TLC 2013? Who defeated Daniel Bryan at TLC 2013? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to spend some time, a uh, nice enough time this week, on the Flavor of the Week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, we are going to talk about the last entrance of the you know, first five years of uh, Royal Rumble matches. So... Uh, this would be extremely fun to talk about there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the 20th draw of the 1988 Royal Rumble was the Junkyard Dog. Unfortunately, he only lasted a couple of minutes, though. He got uh, eliminated by outlaw Ron Bass, so... Yeah, Junkyard Dog was uh he he was a legend in the business. Uh, ended up being a Hall of Famer, but unfortunately he never got that really big break in the WWE and you know, I, my boy Dugan, you know, he won it, but to me I think someone like Junkyard Dog would have been a, a more of a monumental first Royal Rumble winner to me. He would have. Junkyard Dog was a, a name that everybody knew who he was, except he just never really got the recognition that he deserved as far as being a WWE performer. So, yeah, being in a 20th man, like you said, uh, yeah, Junkyard Dog, I mean, he was great for merchandise. People loved him, got behind him, but he just never, they just never saw the faith in him like they did with the Hogans and uh, evidently the Dugans back then. But, uh, Dugan! Great. Dugan! <laughs> Again, I, I guess since we have since we have new listeners, for those who have no idea why we're doing that, uh, probably I don't know how long has it been now, uh, Derek. Probably a year and a half uh, ago. Wow, time flies. It's been probably a year and a half, probably even closer to two years ago. Um, Derek and I, we um, we we would there. There was a long time, and we'll we'll start doing this again I think but there was a long time we would have a ritual Tuesday night at Chipotle uh, going over the show uh, we do most of it through because of our schedules we do most of it through messaging now but uh, we we would have a Derek and I would go to Chipotle every Tuesday and we would and before the show we would watch like an old school DVD of some some kind so at, at that time, the Mid-South DVD uh, recently came out. So uh, we watched the Mid-South uh, DVD at uh, Derek's place, uh, and we just, you know, just to take notes and just to kind of refresh in our um, our old school. And, again, many of you know that Derek and I are traditionalists, and we love old school wrestling. And so... Um, the the uh, Mid South DVD is is definitely a must have. I absolutely love the DVD, but it's funny because Jim Duggan was one of the top baby faces in the Mid South promotion. He was he was huge in the Mid South. Um, he wasn't always a baby face, but uh, he he was huge in Mid South. And it's funny because he would get announced as as Jim Duggan, and we. We just thought that that was absolutely hilarious, and so 
you know, every time we that every time we say that, it's because of the the Mid South announcement. Hacksaw, well, actually, he was Jim Dugan. So every time we say Dugan, that's because uh, <laughs> that that's because of. Uh, him being pronounced uh, announced as Jim Dugan. Interesting, uh, interesting comment here. Uh, Chipotle food that's uh, Chipotle food that speaks for itself all night long. That deserves uh, that deserves one of those for sure. All right, 1989 Royal Rumble. The uh, the thirtieth draw was uh, Ted DiBiase. He was uh, the, he was the next to last person. Eliminated. He was eliminated by Big John Stud, and uh, he lasts about six and a half minutes. See, and here's here's I feel that way towards '89 too. I think Ted DiBiase would have been a very good Royal Rumble winner. I think he would have been a better Royal Rumble winner than Big John Stud. I know that uh, John Stud. They were trying to sell the. They were trying to sell Stud as a babyface. Uh, you know, he was with the Heenan family for a while, and then of course, uh, you know, WrestleMania two, I believe it was, was uh, or was it was it WrestleMania one was the uh, Slam match, twenty thousand dollar Slam match. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was. Was it two? Was WrestleMania one? One, yeah, one was the Slam match. Yeah. Um, yeah, one was the slam match. And so, you know, that was, what, 86? So, eh, you know, he, he was – come 89, he was at the tail end of his career, so I guess they kind of want to give him a last hurrah. But, you know, Ted DiBiase winning that would have made more sense than, than Big John Studd. It would have made a lot more sense. I'm pretty sure DiBiase was fairly new at the WWE at the time. But I believe John Studd actually passed away later that year. So, yeah. you know, whatever that means with anything. But, yeah, I mean, there was no reason for John Studd to win. Same thing with Dugan because, I mean, they were obviously didn't really have big plans for Dugan. But I guess it was just centered more around the event than, like, planning for long-term feuds or angles or something. So, well, yeah, whatever. John Studd won. Ted DiBiase obviously had the better career. but Yeah, he's... I think both of them are Hall of Fame now. They? Stud Stud made the Hall of Fame too. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, Stud's in there. Yes, yeah, so they both uh, both were Hall of Famers, but uh, <laughs> he was. Uh, I would say that Ted DiBiase had a better career than uh, than Stud did. So, but you know, they both uh, they both were announced, and it's so funny because they never neither of them ever won. A title in the WWE, but they both are in the Hall of Fame. Very, uh, very interesting stat there. All right, uh, let's do a let's do a, another question here. Who won the? Uh, well, matter of fact, since we're talking about uh, Roman Reigns, since we're talking about Roman Reigns, his first TLC was 2012 with the Shield. Who did they defeat? Who did the Shield defeat at uh, TLC 2012? Um, all right, so uh, 1990, 1990, the uh, 30th uh, uh, entrant was uh, Kurt Hennig, and uh, you know 90 Hogan Hogan was champ 
You know, it was the same year he went he went against Ultimate Warrior. So I honestly I would have preferred a different champion at this time because they didn't have the stipulation where the winner becomes champ. Uh, well, I'm, uh, let me say this. I would have preferred a different winner at this time. I think it would have made even more sense if the Ultimate Warrior would have won. Uh, he was uh, – Warrior lasted to about 14 and a half minutes. I think he got, he got eliminated by like three people. Uh, so I think it would have made sense if, if – I, I think it would have added to their to their stipulation to their suspense if uh, Warrior would have won. Um, Perfect was the 30th entrant and he lasted until the very end with Hogan. And it was only a few minutes left at that time. Um, but you know, it, Warrior would have been a better winner to me on this one. And this was actually the very first pay per view I ever seen in my life. I remember vividly at my cousin's house, and I remember being upset when Mr. Perfect was eliminated because I was such a Mr. Perfect guy back then. I loved his character, and I thought Perfect and Hogan could have drawn huge money. But obviously oh, yeah. they had other things with the uh, Ultimate Warrior leading up to WrestleMania six, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I was happy. I wasn't happy with the outcome, but obviously Hulk Hogan was still at the top of his game, obviously being yeah. champion, but... It was a uh, it was bittersweet for me. I loved it, and uh, hats off to Mister Perfect. But Hulk Hogan winning that, eh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Team Hell No and Ryback, good job. Uh, Ninety one was uh, Tugboat. He only lasted two and a half minutes. Hogan won that one again. I, I for some reason they. Wanted Hogan to win the Rumbles, which is very interesting. But the Warlord uh, was just, I mean, he lasted. The Warlord had, was notorious for having bad Royal Rumble um, showings. He was only there for less than two minutes. He got eliminated by Hulk Hogan and Sid Justice. But, of course, this was, you know, the pick number three was, was the, the man of the night. That was Ric Flair. Right. You know what? Or Royal Rumble '91. The best thing about it was probably the poster that I remember. It was like they're all. It was a drawing of all of them, like looking yeah, like pretty tough. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was amazing. And again, Hulk Hogan winning that was great. But for me, that one was just the classic. The poster of it, and it blows my mind. I love it. Yeah. And of course, real quick, uh, Randy Savage taking the the last one. I remember him coming in and just kind of going through and uh, just really trying his best to to eliminate Yokozuna, but he just couldn't do it. And my Yokozuna was the uh, winner of uh, 93. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Randy Savage never won a Rumble. I think you know, either 93 or 89 would have been, you know, either Warrior or Savage I think would have been good for 89. Especially when Savage, that was, you know, one, probably the peak of his career. But you know him never winning a Royal Rumble it just baffles me. You know, it, he I think that he's one of the people who should have won a Royal Rumble. He should have won a Rumble, but I mean, when you think of the chronological order of it and how it happened, it just he didn't win. I mean, it was the Royal Rumble '91 is when uh, he uh, hit the Ultimate Warrior over the head with the scepter, and yeah. uh, that turned into a big schmoz. So, I mean, it worked out for Randy Savage. I mean, he almost stole the event the pay-per-view with that match. So, you know, mm-hmm. he can't be champion with everything, but, you know, Randy Savage, he had his time with that pay-per-view, and, you know, 
I remembered it vividly. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Uh, that that would probably go down as one of the best, uh, most memorable matches in, in WrestleMania history, the the retirement match with, with Warrior. But, yeah, you know, him being a – I remember at that time, you know, Savage was really – Kind of, I mean, it was the telling of his WWE career in '93. I think '94 is when he left because I know he was there. He was uh, at that time, you know, he was uh, he was commentating a Raw too. So, you know, he came in and, and he just he wasn't a, a huge name as a as a top player in '93, but he tried. Ladies and gentlemen, awesome, awesome show filled with a bunch of. Uh, bunch of awesome interaction so great job uh, very very awesome stuff ladies and gentlemen next week don't forget mark your calendars fallen angel christopher daniels will be on the show of course we have loads of trivia again next week and uh we're going to have some fun going into our year end uh show and and we're going to and appreciate all of your uh, love and all of your appreciation for the show continue to support us at crave wrestling uh, Twitter, Crave Wrestling Facebook page. Until next week, Daddy loves Ian and Elijah. Enjoy your week of wrestling, and God bless. Goodbye. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.